I will project. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, yeah, so here we are. We are kicking off our summer. Um, I am thankful to have gotten today's scripture today. We, we met to kind of plan and schedule um, the sermons through June and July. I got a date, and these were the verses, and I am blessed by them, and I feel like I get to speak to myself today <laughs> and share it um, with all of us. It's um, kind of a question that I've had in my mind and wrestled with for quite a few years on unity in the church and what does this look like and how does this happen and what do we do and all these questions all the time. And um, I felt, and after reading this, and that um, today part of that answer is that as followers of God, we have a doorway into unity um, when we share the ways that God has revealed himself to us, our body, to each other um, in Jesus Christ. Um, and so we are in the book of Galatians, and so we are going to be looking at kind of two sections today, um, finishing up chapter one and then going a little bit into chapter two. And so there's kind of two blocks um, that we are going to look at, and it's kind of interesting that this... Um, Part of the letter is Paul's kind of um, looking back in time and sharing some background for himself. I kind of have thought about it as um, maybe when you're having an interaction with somebody and you either are maybe surprised by the actions or the responses or choices, and then later you find out some of their story and you're like, oh, this makes sense. Um, and so that's what a little bit that I feel like Paul is doing is that he's allowing us to have a little bit of this backstory from um, his transformation story and then also a bit of um, an experience that he has in Jerusalem. So those are the pieces that we're going to look at today. So I'll just read through a little bit. Um, starts in verse 11. It says, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preached is not of human origin. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and I tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when God, who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles, my immediate response was not to consult any human being. And then we kind of skip ahead a little bit here. Then it says, Then I went to Syria and Cilicia, and I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only heard the report, The man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they praised God because of me. Um, and so... In this first chunk of Galatians, um, we I kind of see this contrast that Paul is describing. Um, so he is 
having this difference between when man is using kind of religious means and we are kind of striving for um, either tradition or um, following a certain path. Um, And he is contrasting that with God revealing himself to Paul and the differences in the fruit when it is coming out of a tradition um, of kind of religious burden versus God's intervention down to man. And so he is, again, giving his own experience to give this backstory to his readers. Um, And so we see that um, Paul talks about how he's trying to maintain this connection to God, and he is using rules, and he is advancing socially, um, kind of in the hierarchy of Judaism. Um, But then we see that there's um, persecution of others going on, destruction of others going on, and so it's mixed with this fruit um, that is not um, of the kingdom and is not appealing um, to the kingdom. Um, and so then he shares how, you know, God has revealed himself in Jesus Christ, um, and this fruit that he talks about is in deep contrast to his previous life, that he is met with God's supernatural presence right on the road. Um, he meets Jesus and is met with God's grace, and this is bringing freedom um, from specific rules and specific lifestyle. Um, Um, And he's also, he is then projected into um, mission as well. Um, But so we see that contrast here is at work. Uh, We see what is the fruit um, when we're, or mankind, or Paul specifically, is trying to um, rigidly follow these expectations um, versus when God is the one who is revealing and coming down and meeting Paul. The fruit is very different. Um, So then we kind of continue and we'll um, land a little bit more in the second portion of our section today is jumps into um, the second chapter of Galatians. Um, And... So he is still sharing here um, an event that already took place. And so that we can only kind of maybe guess and surmise that um, this is going to be applicable to the Galatians as well. That this is something from Paul's life that he has experienced. And so whatever the Galatians talked to him about or news that he heard, this is the beginning response that he comes up with and so to write back in the letter. Um, and so that we can maybe have the idea that maybe similar situations are happening in Galatians as well. Um, so to give us context, I would also like to read this as well. So it's just 10 verses um, in chapter 2. So it says, then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem. This time with Barnabas, I took Titus along also. I went in response to a revelation and meeting privately with those esteemed as leaders, I presented to them the gospel that I preach among the Gentiles. I wanted to be sure I was not running and had not been running my race in vain. 
Yet not even Titus, who was with me, was compelled to be circumcised, even though he was a Greek. This matter arose because some false believers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus and to make us slaves. We did not give in to them for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. As for those who were held in high esteem, whatever they were makes no difference to me. God does not show favoritism. They added nothing to my message. But on the contrary, they recognized that I had been entrusted with the task of preaching the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been to the circumcised. For God, who was at work in Peter as an apostle to the circumcised, was also at work in me as an apostle to the Gentiles." James, Cephas, and John, those esteemed as pillars, gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the grace given to me. And they agreed that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. And all they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor, the very thing that I had been eager to do all along. So Paul is recounting this experience um, in his letter to the Galatians. Um, And there's a few pieces that um, kind of stick out to me um, from this portion, and maybe why does Paul include this event in his life in this letter? And so one of the first things that we see is that um, Paul goes to Jerusalem to engage in dialogue and have a discussion um, specifically about this revelation. This is what has brought him to Jerusalem um, to have a conversation. Um, And so they're able to meet together um, and have this discussion and this dialogue about it. Um, Paul specifically says he kind of comes, it sounds like he comes really humbly um, before he wants to kind of check, okay, um, is this, am I running the race in vain is the words that he talks about that, um, where when you kind of come with a question, um, it kind of opens that communication and dialogue that it feels as though um, Paul is ready and willing to kind of have this conversation with um, the people in Jerusalem. Um, And we see from this dialogue that they preserve the supernatural gospel that Paul has received. And so there is this piece of affirmation um, between Paul and Barnabas and the apostles in Jerusalem and says they don't add anything, um, that this gospel that he is preaching um, is preserved and continues to be spoken as Paul had received it. Um, And they are commissioned to continue their work and continue to go on mission. Um, They kind of have this agreement at the end that um, Paul will continue to go to the Gentiles and those in Jerusalem can continue to um, have mission with um, the circumcised party. um, And they have this agreement in this meeting as well. Um, And then we also see that um, this kind of important piece um, is where Titus 
is mentioned specifically about um, his freedom and that they are not kind of calling him into um, a rule or a lifestyle or regulation around circumcision. And so it's specifically mentioned in here that, um, and even Titus was not compelled to circumcision after they have all come, they're meeting, they're discussing this revelation, um, they're discussing, I would think, like this mission and where are we going and what are we doing, and the add-on of additional rules or um, lifestyle pieces, um, it's decided in this place that, okay, we aren't going to add on anything extra here. And that um, they specifically mention this around Titus and his freedom that he is even a Greek Gentile who has come with Paul um, and he is not asked to make these changes that we see in this passage. Um, And so we see that um, there is this unification around God's truth that has been given to Paul. Um, So they are united around the revelation of God and his gospel um, is what unites their mission, unites um, how they are living together and how they are moving forward. Um, And it's not, they kind of, um, they had a choice here of what was going to either unite them or break them apart. And especially with different um, ethnicities and people kind of coming to the table for this dialogue, um, they are meeting here to talk about it and to discuss it. And so they have this choice of, okay, what are we going to be unified around? Is it going to be, there was a lot of history of, um, from Jewish culture. Is it, are we going to pick some of these things? Are we going to just have this revelation of Paul's? Um, and so we see that they don't add anything. Um, they made this choice to allow this freedom to continue and to be a part of their culture. Um, and so we see um, these calls to unity in different places all throughout the scripture. Um, And this has kind of been my question over the past few years is um, seeing these calls to unity and um, what exactly does this always look like? And is it possible? And so I'm going to kind of go through them rapid fire, Blanca, really quickly, and this isn't probably all of them, but it's some that I gathered. Um, So way back in Psalm 133, um, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. In 2 Corinthians, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. And Philippians 2 talks about being in one spirit and in one mind. In Romans, there's different aspects of unity here, but also references being of one mind and one voice. Um, And Ephesians 4, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Um, Acts 4, we see all believers were one heart and one mind. And so there are, and there's probably more, um, we see in Galatians, this aspect of being unified um, in our body of believers. 
Um, and I think sometimes this is tricky <laughs> that to and we I wonder, and this is what I've struggled with um, for a lot of years as I feel like things are getting maybe more divided, and um, I wonder and ponder about this question of what what does this look like to have all of these references of being of one mind and one spirit um, what does that mean, and what does it look like and I have also realized, um, as we have been kind of talking about this um, book and how our church is um, working and being with each other, talking about bounded church with the rule set, fuzzy church where there's not a lot of like rules or guidance that we are kind of adhering to, or centered church, um, I have struggled with this because I found that I I like bounded church <laughs> um, because I like to have rules and then it feels like that's the thing that we can be unified around is we pick our rules and we know the rules and then we can follow the rules and we can have other people follow the rules <laughs> and that's when it gets trickier. Um, and so... I have been wrestling with this question, okay, how do we have this unity when there's always different rules? Um, and I thought of my game pieces here. Um, a little while ago, Dave, my husband, is very creative, and he made a board game. And so he thought of um, what is the idea of the game, what is the purpose of the game, all he made the little pieces and everything, and we came to sat down and play it, and so we get started, and we're kind of playing along, and um, I like, I don't, I don't know, this isn't exactly what happens, but I'm, he's like, oh, you rolled a three, and one of the die like fell on the floor, and so you lose all your money. And I'm like, what? <laughs> this can't be how the rules go. And so we're like, keep playing. And it felt like oh, every rule was just this strange, obscure thing. Um, but we're still trying to play. And then I realized more and more, I care about the rules, and I want to know the rules, and I don't like not knowing the rules, and how they seem really strange, and I don't get on board with them, and, um, but thinking back that that was my whole focus of what became of the game, and I was mad about the rules, and had a bad attitude about them, and... I miss the whole opportunity of the game. And I have to even say, sorry, Dave, I don't even remember the end purpose of the game because I was like, what is this? This doesn't make any sense. And it does make sense. And um, it's a fine game, but I had a bad attitude about it. Um, and I know that this analogy can, it like falls apart in certain places because when you're playing board games, you really do need the rules. Um, but... <laughs> that my focus could have been on the game and the experience that Dave and I got to have together, that he made this game, he created this game, we got to have a fun time, and instead 
I wanted to focus on the rules, and I wanted to know and understand the rules, or I wanted to reject the rules if they didn't benefit me. Um, and so it was this um, space that we were in that um, I think my what we were being unified around was different um, with each other, and that... I had the choice of where my focus was going to land or what I was going to be unified around. Um, and I see that this is the same choice that even churches have today. Our church has is, um, and what Paul and the apostles had is they have this choice of what are they going to be unified around. Um, and they decided instead of having it be unified around um, specific traditions, specific ways of life, that they were going to be unified around the revelation of God through Jesus Christ and what he was revealing to Paul and what Paul was being called into. And actually, all of the believers were being called into in that space is what they were choosing to be... Um, unified around. Um, and I have felt and seen this, um, I feel encouraged by this, um, because I do think that this is a doorway into unity, and um, that I do believe that God is calling us into something, that um, we are called to be on mission for his kingdom, um, but he is faithful to reveal those aspects of his character to us, and I do believe he is faithful to reveal um, this call to us, and so this is the beautiful center that we get to align around, that this is a picture of what centered church, I think, could look like. Um, but I also realized when I was encouraged by this, um, I also think the scary thing about unifying around God's revelation is that we're going to change. And that feels unsettling sometimes. Um, but I do believe that that is um, the gospel of that we are coming and God reveals himself to mankind and we are not left the same. And so there's this, your trajectories change, I think, when you when God reveals himself to mankind. It definitely changed for Paul. Um, there was a lot of things shaken up in his story, and I think that um, he trusted what Jesus was doing, and he followed that revelation, and he met with other believers, and he had dialogue about it, um, but they continued to be unified around that revelation of Jesus Christ and preserving the gospel of what was given from Jesus Christ. Um, and so I think... Yeah, this was my um, question and thought from today was allowing us to grow in unity by asking each other how God has been revealing himself to us. This is where our dialogue and our community can grow from, um, that this is a doorway to a life centered on Jesus, keeping a diverse and growing community unified on what God is doing in us and calling us into
and not unifying around maybe specific rules. I do think I like this idea of a doorway because I think there are things that will come up in the dialogue and that can be discussed, um, but we're entering into unity by God's revelation to us, that he has met us and he is revealing himself to us, that as humans we're not born with all of the understanding of who exactly God is, and that is the beautiful journey of getting to know him and him revealing himself to us continually. Um, And this is what we get to um, have unity around is God's revelations um, to us. And not unity around or having um, revelations of like, what rules did you follow this week? Even though like some part of me is like, yes, let's do that, but let's not. Um, uh, But instead asking the question, what has God revealed to you this week? And I even thought and pondered a little bit, um, what if my answer is, oh, I don't know. I don't know what he has. Then I think that's the center, that that's where we go back to, to say, oh, yes, what is God revealing to me? Let's recenter back to that and to that God is active, he is at work, and he is going to reveal things to us. And I, I wonder and see if this question recenters us and unifies us as we see what God is revealing to us. And we get to share it with each other and join on mission with each other. So... Um, that is what I have for today. <laughs> so. Let's stand and uh, hit the lights one more time. A lot of, a lot of.